Welcome back to the Whatcom Dads podcast. This week, we're talking playgrounds with local dad Ben Goodwin, who took his two children to over 100 local playgrounds throughout the course of one summer. Hey guys, it has been a minute, as the kids are saying these days. Is that what the kids say these days? I don't know what that means. That means it's been a little while. It's been a minute. I didn't know that that's what kids say these days. See, back in my day, a minute, we weren't, things took a long time. In a minute meant, you know, can we do this? In a minute. What an hour was a long time. A minute was like that. But in today's instant, you know, gratification society. 30 seconds is too long. You've already lost them. Right. I'll say it in terms that the two old guys can understand. It's been a few weeks. There we go. It's been a long time. And Nathan, while you have been out gallivanting and vacationing, Chris and I have been engaged in some very serious scientific research for the Whatcom Dads podcast. Oh, yes. Tell me more. So we had an episode or a, a, a piece of an episode a while back um, Overrated, underrated, properly rated. Yes. Regarding dads. Yes. Things that dads had or wore. I remember. One of those things was a pocket knife. Oh, I heard some feedback (laughs) about this from listeners, so tell me what you know. So Chris and I happened to be at a Bellingham Bells baseball game, and there was a group of people sitting across the aisle from us in the metal bleachers, and something was loose down below, and this guy got on his hands and knees and pulled out a pocket knife and started to fix the thing that was loose on the bleachers. Presumably with a screwdriver and not the knife blade. I don't. I didn't get that close a look, but I think it might have been the knife blade. Well, oh, yeah. I had said in the podcast that the pocket knives were underrated and that people in the North County typically carried pocket knives, and Chris Roselli being the outgoing friendly person that he was, of course, struck up a conversation with these two gentlemen and found out that they both carried pocket knives and they were both from North County, Birch Bay and Blaine. Yep. Which wow. just goes to show that our research yep. proved what we said on the podcast, that the North County boys are big pocket knife guys. 100%. And I just hung out with some pals this last weekend. There's four of us all hanging out together. One of us carries a pocket knife. Not me. I grew up in suburbia. Not my buddy Kyle grew up in suburbia. Joe, nope. Mitch, who grew up and still lives in rural outside of Portland, has a pocket knife with him. He brought it with us on a road trip. Of course he did. Absolutely. Right. Yep. And I got a text from a high school buddy who happens to listen to the show, and all it said was, I carry a pocket knife. (laughs) Now, where does he live? That's all the text. Virginia. (laughs) In the woods? Eh, It might be fairly rural. Okay. There you go. Yeah. I'd be curious. Yeah. There's got to be a survey out there like, you know, rural versus suburban versus Well, you talked to the guys quite a bit and they were like, we wouldn't be caught dead without our pocket knife. Yeah. They were just like that. Why would you not? Pocket knife works for everything. Well, uh, I appreciate you going out to the people and uh, proving correct your hypothesis. Here it is. End of July. And we are in the midst of something that happens every four or five years, depending on if there's a pandemic going on. That's right, folks. We are in the midst of the Olympics. Oh, yeah. Not not the election, Chris. <laughs> the election. I was really lost for a second. <laughs> the election still happened during COVID, but the Olympics, on the other hand, have been delayed a, a year. And uh, so far, it's been a big hit at the Dwyer House. USA. 
USA. We're doing good. And so it got me thinking, as it often does, what is your favorite obscure Olympic sport to tune in and try and catch? Now, summer has many, many more possible events. I think they said there's 51 or 54 hmm. events this, uh, this games, as they say. So do either of you have a particular event that you sometimes want to tune in and catch if you can, find it on the DVR or check it out online, something that's not real mainstream, probably something not on the primetime broadcast? Yes. What is it, Chris? Two of them. Really? Ping pong. Yes. Or, I'm sorry, table tennis. Thank you. Yes. And badminton. It's <laughs> those two sports. What's awesome is because those are what, like, everybody kind of plays leisurely in our country. Sure. Everyone's experienced this. Not a lot of us have done dressage <laughs> or, you know, some of these other equestrian type things. <laughs> it's, not, it's not not something you wear. It's, I thought it was like a, I don't know, a certain kind of... A dance? I think, I think it's massage of some, like, a special... It's horse dancing, I think, basically. No offense to the dressage folk out there listening. But yeah, you're right. Those are two things almost everyone has done. Yeah, right. And that's why I have the utmost respect for these folks who somehow can see, A, the birdie in badminton, where that they are just smashing the heck out of, and also the the ping pong ball. I mean, that's just, it's super fun. It's pretty amazing. What about you, Mark Pagley? Well, there's two obscure ones that I will enjoy watching. I got to admit, I have not watched any of the Olympics so far this year, and I don't know why I haven't done it, but... It it's a happened. weird year. Very un-American of you, but you've still got about 13 days left. <laughs> yeah, I may not get to it. Anyway, um, I enjoy fencing. Really? And I think the most obscure sport that I like to watch is the canoe slalom. Ooh, that's a good one. Have you seen that, Chris? No, I've never seen it. It's like guys in these whitewater. little kayaks, whitewater rafting down a, a course. Trying to get on each side of the gates or whatever. It's they like a... Skiing slalom, yeah. yeah, but in a whitewater course. Time, oh, it's cool. insane. Like, where, where do you train? Like, who trains for that? Right. You know, you're an athlete. And be like, you know what I want to do? Luge. <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> that one too. <laughs> I want to go a thousand miles an hour down an icy tube or the skeleton run in your stomach. <laughs> what is wrong with those people? Well, I was like, yeah, I want to. I want to drown going ripping down rapids in a little canoe. Yeah. Through gates, like I, right. I know, yeah. Modern pentathlon, pop quiz time. Name the five sports that compose the modern pentathlon. I believe there's a gun involved. There is a gun. Okay, so you shoot. You uh, ski. No, but summer. No, summer. Run. You run. You run. Two. Do you bike? You do not bike. Swim. You gotta swim. You do swim. Yeah. So you swim. You shoot. You run. What else would you do? Uh, dressage. <laughs> Almost. Oh, you got to race a horse? Horse jumping. What? <laughs> and the fifth one has already been mentioned. Archery? No. Already been mentioned. Already been Fencing. mentioned. Fencing. Fencing? What? No way. That is... Okay, That's I got to right. watch that. How do you... So are you competing against somebody else? You got to race against them and then fence them? So here is the deal. Until maybe, I could be wrong, until maybe four or eight years ago, you competed individually in each one. You got a score, sort of like the decathlon. They add up your score, high score wins. But then they thought, well, that's not really exciting. So <laughs> now they've changed it to 
you do sort of a fencing tournament. You swim and you uh, ride the horse jumping. And then based on that, they stagger a start of a run. But at the end of each lap of the run, you have to shoot your pistol. And if you miss a target, you take a penalty lap. So it basically becomes like the equivalent of biathlon, Mm -hmm. but your start is staggered by how well you do in the fencing, the horse jumping, and the swimming. It's pretty cool to watch. And this is the modern pentathlon. This is the modern pentathlon. So what was the old pentathlon? You swung one of those spike hammer ball things. (laughs) Yeah, you just fought to the death. (laughs) The competition this year is August 4th and 5th. Uh, modern metathlon, check it out. It is kind of a riot to watch. And the most interesting thing about the horse jumping is it's kind of like bull riding. They each draw, they do a random draw to see which horse you get. So it's not even a horse you've ever jumped before. <laughs> like, do you, is it bareback or do you get a saddle? Uh, I believe you have the saddle. <laughs> but talk about like decathlon, those all seem pretty athletic. Yeah. But to be good at fencing, swimming, shooting, running, and jumping a horse, I mean, that's a well-rounded man, is it not? Well, while we're talking about the Olympics, uh, there is a new <coughs> podcast I'm listening to put out by the Ringer Podcast Network. It's a daily podcast. It's like 10 to 15 minutes in length each day, and it sort of talks about some of these obscure sports. So I'll put a link to that podcast in the show notes, but I found it pretty interesting. Your life can change in an instant. Car accidents impact all aspects of your life and lead to pain and suffering, medical bills, and time missed from work. Robinson and Cole, attorneys in Bellingham, can help. They have represented thousands of clients since 1979. They also handle other types of injury claims, including workers' compensation. Consultations are always free and are available in Spanish. Robinson and Cole, when you need us, we will be here. So this week, we are happy to have on the podcast Ben Goodwin. Ben is a local dad himself who did something pretty amazing a couple summers ago. He apparently visited at least 100 unique playgrounds over the course of a summer. So we are uh, really happy to have Ben here to share his uh, playground wisdom with us. So Ben, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Do I have that correct? Was it in fact over or 100 or 100 exactly? It, it was over 100, not all in Whatcom County, but it, the, the actual number for summer was 108. And then we kind of continued in the fall to get all the Whatcom County ones. Amazing. Did, did you get a dad of the year certificate in the mail? <laughs> uh, no, I did not. <laughs> well, before we pick your brain about playgrounds, just tell us a little bit about yourself, Ben, and your family and how old your kids are now. Yeah, awesome. So, uh yeah, my name's Ben. I live in Bellingham, and uh, I have a daughter, um, Marin. She's six years old, um, and Tara is four years old. And uh, I currently um, will be starting a new position in the fall as the assistant principal at Ferndale High School. I've been a teacher um, at Bellingham High School for the last 10 years, which was kind of the impetus to the, the playground um, activity where um, I'm the kind of person who's got to be doing something all the time. And so in the summer, Um, I needed to be doing something and I wanted to do it with my kids who were, um, at the time, uh, two and four years old. And, uh, and it was like, Hey, let's go to playgrounds. And then we kept going to the same playgrounds over and over and over again. And so then the next summer I was like, we're going to go to as many playgrounds as possible. So lots of fun. 
So Ben, who was more excited? You were the kids. Uh, I think maybe me. <laughs> I mean, they they uh, they got on board after a while, and there were days where they were tired of no, I don't want to go to a fourth park today. But um, you know, for me, it was like I got the spreadsheet going. I'm checking things off. Like I was I was into it for sure. <laughs> but but they were too. They enjoyed we lots of picnics in the parks and whatnot. So um, we had a good time. So Ben, tell us, is, was there a certain toy that your kids really looked forward to seeing when they would go to some of the different parks that you would visit? Yeah, well, and usually it's kind of the rarer things that they would gravitate towards. Like we'd go to a park and they would have something that no other park has, and then they'd ask for it at future parks. Um, one of the one of those things is, uh, we call it a magic carpet swing. I don't really know what it is, but it's just like a big swing that swings back and forth that you could like lay down on. You know, there's probably like four parks in the whole county that have them, but they were into that for a while. And in fact, we would, I'd push them on that so long and they'd almost start napping because they just were, you know, so relaxed and enjoying it. Um, Tire swings were a big hit as well. Um, And there aren't a lot of tire swings either. Um, In fact, Northern Heights just got rid of their tire swing, which was kind of a bummer. Um, But, uh, but yeah, they're definitely um, like kind of niche things um, that, uh, that they loved at, at random parks. So given that you did this a couple summers ago, were they sort of chomping at the bit post-COVID to get back out to playgrounds? Yes, yes. In fact, swings, you mentioned swings earlier. Swings were the, the thing that I would say they missed most. We um, we have a big uh, evergreen tree in our front yard and um, I pruned it a little back. So we have this giant, like 16 foot tall uh, swing in our front yard now. And we did a lot of that in COVID. But uh, it, in, in some ways, COVID certainly slowed us down park-wise. Um, but, uh, but since parks have opened back up, we've hit all the parks in Burlington. We've hit all the parks in Cedro Woolley. We hit a bunch in Anacortes. So we've, we've, we've moved our way South to, to fi- try to find some more playgrounds, some more cool things to, to check out. Wow, Ben, you've done a ton of work that parents would probably love to get their hands on. It would be a great service if you created a website or something that listed these resources. Have you thought about doing something like that to make this available to other parents? Uh, I, I've certainly shared it with a lot of moms and dads that, that I'm connected with like, Hey, we heard you did this. Do you have whatever? And I had a, um, a friend who, um, took the spreadsheet and just did all the Bellingham ones. Like, Hey, thanks for the list. I, you know, looked up each one and, and found where it was at, but your list was really helpful. And, um, it is something that, especially when I was doing it, you know, I was taking, I took a picture of every playground at the time. So like, I, I had all these ideas of like, I could totally do this. And then I looked it up. Um, and there's a guy in Toronto, he's called the Park Papa. And he does the same thing, but in Toronto. And he's got, <laughs> he, he, he even like rates the playgrounds and stuff like that. So um, I, I've certainly have thoughts of that. But, you know, obviously COVID hit and it was like, oh, okay, like I can't really do this now. And maybe I'll do it later. I don't know. It, it's also interesting, like here we are two years later going to parks now. And my my daughters at six and four are doing very different things than than four and two. And uh, it's interesting to see what parks they've they gravitate towards now or they want to go to now versus what they did then. So speaking of age, Ben, uh, can you tell us about any parks that you as an adult, as a dad, really kind of looked forward to going to that maybe the kids didn't necessarily like better, but you really wanted to go check out? The first time. So we went to Linden City Park, um, which is also a million smiles park, um, and they have this giant like. Uh, tube slide 
Um, it's like it, it to me, it, it feels like it's two or three stories tall and it gets dark in the middle. Like, and, and I thought it was amazing, but here's my two-year-old daughter, like crying as she's going down on my lap because she's freaked out because it's so dark, but you know, we've been back since and they can't get enough of that slide. So it's, it, that, that was one for me. The first time we went, I was like, this park is amazing. And, uh, and they didn't really think it was as amazing, uh, as I did. To get through that many parks, how what was the most you did in one day? I don't, that's hard to say. I feel like like four was usually the goal. If it was a park day, and like we would have park days and not park days or whatever, but um, usually we would, you know, I would plan out. Okay, what four are kind of close to each other? Um, and like, okay, here we go. Let's go hit all four of those. So we'd do like two in the morning, have lunch at the second park, and then try to get two more in before we headed home. Now some of it was like geographic where it was like, okay, if I'm driving all the way out to Blaine, I'm going to hit all five playgrounds that I know about in Blaine. So we did do five um, on the Blaine day. Um, But, you know, it was kind of fun to try to like pair parks together. Like, okay, if we're going to Custer Elementary School, we can probably swing out to Birch Bay and and hit some of the ones that way. So there were lots of maps involved in my planning for trying to hit as many as we did. Ben, I'm guessing there was a lot of research that went into this project. Did you look at city websites to try to figure out uh, where to go and how to get there? Yeah, it, pretty much. I was actually pretty surprised at how good the parks departments, well, some were good and some weren't, but um, how good the parks departments were at saying like, hey, here's all our parks. Then these are the ones that have playgrounds. And then, you know, the Google search of like, okay, where is that in Linden? Or, you know, where is that, you know, rent, where's that elementary school? I mean, some of these elementary schools that I went to, I'd never been to before. I didn't even know that harmony elementary school existed right but it was like but we're gonna go there and they actually have the best rings out of any playground we've been to it's it's ridiculous it's so cool um but uh so yeah there's definitely a lot of research on the um the parks department side of things but then i also had to rely on some of the school district um information because the parks departments didn't have like elementary schools listed but i knew that every elementary school is going to have a playground so um so that there was some some research there as well all right, Ben, I'm going to ask you, this is an important question. Which park has the best slide? I, I think my daughters would give you two answers on that. The best best overall slide is the one at Linden City Park. But if you're going and you just want to do a bunch of slides, uh, Mar- Marine Park out in Blaine has kind of these two themed play structures. One's a pirate ship and one's a lighthouse. And the lighthouse has seven blue slides coming out of it. And oh my gosh, we did so much racing on those slides. You know, we'd, we'd race each other up and then we'd count to three and we'd all go down at the same time. And, you know, my like dad body trying to wiggle its way down some of these things was, was, was witnessing a lot of bruising, but man, the, they were flying down and having a ton of fun. So um, if, if you're looking to do a big slide, I'd go to Linden. But if you're looking to do lots of slides, Blaine Marine Park. Oh, that's awesome. So who has the best swings? It's a tie. Um, Berthusen Park in Linden has these old in the woods like swings that are like and, and and the best swing to that we discovered as we were kind of doing this, the best swing is a tall swing because then your your arc is like really big and you're getting really high off the ground. So we were all about like the tall swings. You go to some swings and they're like eight feet tall and it's like, oh, yeah, this is too quick. It's not fun, whatever. <laughs> but like. Berthusen Park, I think it's a, it's like 12 feet tall and you're just like swinging way out um, into the woods and whatnot. And it's kind of tucked away. It's shady. It was good on like a, a hot summer day. But um, they're tied with 
equally as tall and kind of different viewpoint is um, the Sudden Valley uh, Marina has four. They look like they're about to fall apart, but four very tall, rusty old swings that that we were just rocking on forever. I'd get the girls like above my head where I'm pushing them. Um, they were loving it. So both of those are tall swings and they both had, I mean, in the Sudden Valley Marina, you're looking out over Lake Wacom, so you can't really beat the view there. So um, both, both of those swing sets were pretty awesome. So did you set out to get a hundred or did you start looking and seeing how many you could come up with and realize this uh, century goal was within reach? <laughs> well, so the summer before um, we were limited by nap time and, uh, and we hit as many that I knew about. So this is, you could kind of think of this as a two-year project. So I did 53 parks um, the summer before. And in my mind, that was all of the ones in Bellingham. Um, and so then I go, hey, you know, now that we don't have to deal with nap time, we can do picnics and we can go out to Blaine for the day or we can go to Linden or whatever. So um, after doing 53, three summers ago, and then doing some research before the next summer, I knew that 100 was doable. And, you know, obviously we exceeded that a little bit. So was there a hidden gem of a playground that we may not know about that you discovered that you loved and maybe whisper it so that not everyone hears it? Hidden gem. Let me think about it. I One thing that one of the most memorable play structures or, or play pieces is, is the double purple dinosaur. Um, so there's this little park behind Shuxon Middle School. And, uh, and they have, you know, those, uh, you, you kind of, ro- you sit on them, you rock back and forth. Yes. So, um, Shuxon, behind Shuxon Middle School, it's called Shuxon Meadow Park. And uh, they have a double seated purple dinosaur. Whoa. The girls just thought was so cool. And so they could sit on it together and, and rock back and forth. And it's, it's a purple dinosaur. That park's actually getting rebuilt right now. It's closed. And, uh, and I wrote into the city. I said, hey, it's cool that you're updating the playground. You know, graffiti, it's old. It was one of the only pea gravel playgrounds around still. And, uh, and I said, hey, you know, that's great that you're updating the playground, but you got to keep that purple dinosaur. And they and, and they responded, which was awesome. And they said, oh, we totally are saving the dinosaur. It will still be part of the playground. Everything else will get updated, though. And I was like, yes, that is awesome. All right, Ben, we're going to do some rapid fire here with you. This is your personal preference, okay? All right. Either or, slides or swings? Swings. Pump track or a spray park? Uh, spray park. Favorite snack to bring for your kids? potato chips so speaking of snacks and refreshments ben what's your favorite beer that you like to bring to the park fremont sky kraken <laughs> so ben has graciously agreed that we at whatcom dads can publish his spreadsheet so nice. look for that on the whatcom dads podcast facebook page and uh if there are any aspiring entrepreneurs out there Get in touch with us. We'll put you in touch with Ben because I think there's an app that could come out of this. For, forget a website. We need an app of uh, Whatcom County or Northwest Washington Parks. Well, Ben, thanks so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, sharing the information and uh, look forward to maybe catching you out at a local park or a playground. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having soon. me. Hey, thanks so much, Ben. Thanks, ben. So guys, I went on vacation. That's what we hear. Where'd you go? What'd Rumor you do? Has it? We did a little Olympic Peninsula. Nice. Great place. So to tell you about my vacation, I put together a little quiz. Ooh. I never do well at these. <laughs> I I do okay. You do well. Yeah. You do. You do really well. <laughs> Question one. 
the Dwyer family totaled how many miles on their seven-day Olympic Peninsula vacation? Is it A, 585 miles, B, 685 miles, or C, 785 miles? See, there was a ferry ride in, you know, involved. That's true. So did you there's... drive around or did you uh, ferry cross? Did you do the Keystone Ferry over to uh, Port Townsend? You guys figure it out and make your Ooh, guess. Well, if you drive here, oh, you go down there. There was a ferry involved. I saw a picture. I'm saying 585. I'm going to say 785. That is a long trek around that northwest corner of Washington. Chris is correct. Boom! 785 miles put on the <laughs> Dwyer family vehicle. <laughs> You've done that drive. You get to Forks and you're like, I'm not even close to there yet. I mean, to get to like the Olympic National Park, it well, takes depends how far they went. Forever. Well, you said you lived in the Olympic Peninsula. I could have s- gone to Squim and back. <laughs> Which gets less rain than Palm Springs. That's her claim to fame. Because it's in a rain shadow. Squim's a great little town. It's a cool little town. Yeah. yeah. Question two. The worst part of the Dwyer's vacation was A... The color of the bath water from all three kids when we got home and gave them a bath. That's a, even if you made that up, that's a pretty darn good one. Yeah, that's a good one. B, our visit to the emergency room. Oh. Or C, for approximately one hour, losing our son's favorite stuffed animal, which he has slept with since he was 12 months old. I say C. That's happened oh, man. to us. It's the worst feeling on earth. Yeah, I, I, then I got to go B, the ER. The ER visit was the worst part of the trip. Oh, I got one right. What? So all what th- happened? All three of those things happened, but the <laughs> ER visit was the worst. We checked into our Airbnb at 6 p.m. By 7 p.m., my wife and son were off to the ER because he had jumped around playing in the gravel and slit his hand open. And it was a bad enough cut that we consulted our family members who are nurses, and they said, yeah, that might be a stitch. Oh. Did he need a stitch? He did not, but uh, the nearest ER was an hour away. Oh, my gosh. So I took the bullet and stayed home and fed the other two kids See, dinner. What a- Good dad you are. Way to go. I don't think that was taking the bullet. And my wife drove him to the Grays Harbor Community Health Center at 8 o'clock at night. Oh my gosh. And he got it cleaned out. But here's the thing. It was day one of a beach lake vacation. Nice. You're going to tell a five-year-old not to put your hand in the sand, the ocean, or the lake for the next week? (laughs) Good luck with that. Did he wear surgical gloves the entire time? Well, they sent home some. They did not get used. And they did give us some iodine and things to keep it clean. But that was a little bit of a bumpy start to the trip. Question three. On our trip, A, Nathan cooks and Amanda packs the car. Or B, Amanda cooks and Nathan packs the car. Or C, Amanda packs and cooks the food. <laughs> I'm saying Nathan cooks, Amanda packs. Oh, that's what I was going to say. But for the, for the sake, because... Sake of the game. For the sake of the game, I'll say Nathan. You know, you are just a lazy husband. And you just have Amanda cook and, and uh, pack the car while you hang out and watch the Olympics. So, Mark is correct. I was the cook, and she packs the car. 
I think that's probably a traditional flip of normal rolls. I don't know about you guys on uh, trips who who packs the car, but my sense is it would typically be, oh, the guy is going to pack the yeah. car. Amy helps pack the stuff that needs to go in the car. Right. That's how we do it. Too. And then I Tetris it all into the car. That's how we do it. Yeah. Yes. She's much better at the Tetris than I am. I'll be darned. So yeah, that's a little bit about our trip. We had that's a great awesome. time. Sounds perfect. Um, yeah, once we got past the ER visit, it was a lot of a lot of good family time and glad we could get away. Thanks again to our guest Ben Goodwin. Check out the Whatcom Dads podcast Facebook page to see his spreadsheet of all of the playgrounds he visited in one summer. And as always, thanks to our sponsor, Robinson and Cole Attorneys. As always, you can reach the show through our email address, WatcomDadsPodcast at gmail.com. And tune in next week when we are once again joined by local parent educator Anne-Marie Reed. And we talk about a big one, how and when to talk to your kids about sex. Mark, you work in fundraising. I do. Do you, know, do you know why crabs don't give to charity? I don't. Why? Because they're shellfish. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you hear about the man who got hit by the same bike every single morning? No. It was a vicious cycle. <laughs> <laughs> I told my girlfriend that she drew her eyebrows too high. She looked surprised.